Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Locked on Spartans. It is Friday, November 1st, 2019. I am your host, Will Hunter. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. Well, this is not the show I was planning on doing today. We're going to have a little bit of fun, do some Friday stuff, go through some basketball categories, make some jokes, have a few laughs, and then get out of here and enjoy the bye week with Michigan State going mostly unscathed. Um, Actually, pretty much unscathed, but picking up a quarterback commitment along the way. You know, nice little bye week. Well, plans are made to be destroyed, I suppose. Um, And we have some things to talk about. Because Joe Bocci, uh, if you haven't heard, <laughs> Joe Bocci tests positive for a performance-enhancing drug and is suspended for the remainder of the season. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about you know the fallout from it, uh, appeals, uh, length of suspension, some semantics, informational stuff, and then just kind of moving past it as well. Uh, so we'll do that for sure. And then uh, Stephen Brooks from 24-7 Sports is back on the show again, back-to-back episodes, because uh, I needed to have somebody on to talk about this with, get a, you know another perspective in here, because uh, it is absolutely massive news. So that'll be, I think, segments two and three. We'll see how it breaks up uh, in terms of timing and spacing it out. And I also want to, I'll, I'll find time for this, I want to talk about a piece I wrote at Spartans where back in August, best and worst case scenarios for Michigan State football this season. I just want to read a few things from the worst case scenario department because we're there. We are absolutely there. Uh, all right. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Subscribing is the easiest way to get these episodes to your phone every single day. And you can find Locked on Spartans wherever you get podcasts. Also up at Spartans Wire, I've got um, one of my preseason posts up there. We're doing staff picks where we just kind of lay out some categories, give our picks and an explanation. Today is rank NBA potential. Uh, It should be up by now, but I've been having some major issues with the schedule to post function. So if it's not not up by now, it'll be up uh, at some point this morning. So check that out, spartanswire.usatoday.com. All right, let's talk about uh, Joe Bocci. Okay, so in, gosh, some of the more stunning, unexpected Michigan State news that I can really remember um, in terms of the football team, uh, Joe Bocci suspended for the rest of the season. I think the the Max Bullo one has to be up there as well because that came out of nowhere and was like a week before the Rose Bowl, and that was sky is falling moment. Um but Joe Bocci has been uh, suspended by the Big Ten after failing a random drug screening uh, that looks for performance-enhancing drugs. And aside from the obvious on-field stuff, it's just really kind of a crazy bummer because Joe is not just a captain of Michigan State's football team. He's kind of the captain. He's sort of the uh, main centerpiece, the guy that is rallied around most often. And, you know, Brian Lewerke's, uh like that too, both of the, like, one on offense, one on defense. Um, but Joe is just kind of, it's it's sort of different. You can sort of feel it, the, the way he handles things, the presence he has. 
the way he talks to the media, uh, the responsibilities he carries. Like Joe's a really important person to not just this specific team, but this program uh, over the last handful of years. And so um, I think aside from the on-field stuff, which we'll talk about, losing him in that leadership capacity, uh, sort of that guiding light, especially in a time where it's been incredibly turbulent and you need really strong player-driven leadership inside the locker room to sort of keep everyone together uh, moving in the right direction. And this is sort of a, uh, this is the sort of thing that can, you know, um, create another crack, if you will, um, worsen the foundation and just make things that much more unstable, that much more worse. More burden is going to fall on the other captains now. Um, to sort of rally the troops here. And it's just really, I'm sure as, as surprising it was for all of us, um, even more so for the team. Um, and as bad as a lot of fans and, and everyone felt about the news, uh, it, it, I can tell you it's it's more in that locker room. Like that is uh, a really well-respected, well-liked and great leader, captain, whatever you want to say. Um, he His loss there is pretty huge. Um and, you know, gosh, Joe, they're going to appeal it. And I don't, you know, feel like that's going to, much is going to come of it. Although I don't really, you know, I'm not super well versed in appeals and performance enhancing drugs suspensions. The only one, honestly, that I can really remember is the Clemson one before the playoff where Clemson had three guys test positive for something. They were suspended before the semifinal. They appealed. Uh, did not win the appeal and missed uh, the remainder of uh, the season there. And how it works with the suspension for this matter is the player is suspended for a calendar year from the testing date. So um, I don't know, just assuming uh, based on the timing, we don't really know. It could I don't know the timing if Joe was tested after Ohio State or after Indiana or first game of the year, or if it was the the Penn State game, I would assume it's the Penn State game just based on the timing of it all. Um, But just for the sake of explaining this, let's say it's the Penn State game. So he would be suspended for one calendar year um, after the the testing date. And you, when you fail uh, a performance enhancing drug test, you lose sort of that year. So say, this was the first game of the year and Bocce was suspended for the calendar year. He couldn't red shirt uh, and sit out the year and come back next year. Like he, he, you just lose the year you're out for a full year and you lose the year. That's just how it goes. So unless the appeals process, you know, comes out in, in Bocce's favor, uh, his career is done at Michigan state. Um, not that he would be red shirting or anything like that anyway, but it is a full year suspension. So uh, really tough way to end what was a very productive, well-decorated, um, and just overall really excellent Michigan State career. And assuming it all holds up, Joe's going to you know turn the page, start preparing for the NFL draft where he's going to be you know, a third, fourth round selection and have a chance to carve out that NFL career for himself. Uh, as it relates to on the field, obviously a huge loss, obviously going to have an immediate large negative impact on the run defense, the pass defense, setting up everything. Uh, we know how important middle linebackers are to Michigan State. 
especially the way they run things on defense uh, against offenses that use tempo. Uh, a lot of calls coming in, a lot of communication, a lot of uh, diagnosing that needs to happen. And you just have to be a really smart, cerebral player. Kind of really, the, it's a cliche, but a quarterback on defense. And the way Michigan State plays it, uh, it's just, it's much more so. They're, they're really, it's a really important role. And so now uh, the question is, what do they do from here? Uh, there's a few different options. Um, and we'll talk a little bit with Stephen Brooks uh, about this, but uh, the backup middle linebacker, if you're just going to do that, is slot right in is Noah Harvey. Uh, Noah's a redshirt sophomore. Um, has played sparingly this year. Played was a special teamer's special teamer last year, um, and I think can be a good player. Is like a is a different type of player than Bocce. Maybe not quite the athlete, but is a big downhill kind of thumper. A little bit of an old school guy. He's like six three or six four, two hundred and forty pounds, um, and is a big dude. Was kind of an unheralded recruit. Uh, for whatever that is worth, but was in a, a competition with Ed Warner uh, through the spring, through the fall, to be that backup middle linebacker, and he won that. I think he kind of, you know, from the sounds of it, uh, ended up sort of pulling away there and establishing himself as that number two guy and is groomed, I guess, to to take over from Bachi. This is going to be happening a little bit sooner than was intended, but uh, I guess the plan, I'll say it this way, the plan seemingly was next year Noah Harvey slides in and takes over at middle linebacker, uh, and that is the preferred transition method, the most seamless way they were going to go about doing that. Um, obviously different things can happen. Guys can grow and get better as players and he could have gotten jumped, but that was sort of the plan. And now he's got an extended look here. I would think, uh, at middle linebacker, his snaps are certainly going to go up and he's going to have a chance to sort of prove himself that he is someone who can handle this job for the next two seasons. Um, I thought he had a good spring game, um, and has, you know, been impressive in, in that regard. We haven't seen him a ton. Like I said, this season he's had limited snaps. Um, has done some outside linebackery type stuff uh, as part of like rotations. Uh, will come in on certain packages. But other than that, really hasn't seen the field much. And if he is sliding into that middle linebacker spot, it's going to be a big change for him. It's going to be a big role change, a uh, big role increase, and he's going to have a lot more on his plate. So early signs are, are kind of, you know, pretty good. I, I think. He's going to do a good job and we're going to like him, but you never know because um, it's a totally different animal once you're uh, that guy. Other options are, you know, you could slide Tyreek Thompson over to the Mike linebacker because he's a redshirt senior, has been around, uh, has worked at that spot as well, is a reliable player that knows what he's doing, can make the calls and get people in good position. And then uh, at the Sam spot, You've got different options. Chase Klein is someone who's a redshirt freshman who's really um, shown really well and is someone who I think is going to be an awesome player at Michigan State eventually. Maybe we start seeing it a little bit, but he's kind of like Chris Fryish in that uh, he's like all over the place, kind of crazy. Like he plays linebacker, like riding the line, if you will, rides the edge. Um, and he's just really like sort of fast, aggressive, physical kind of. Uh, what you want in that sort of outside linebacker. Like, hey, just go run into someone really hard and play football. <laughs> He's that kind of guy. So he could get uh, an extended look here. Jess Lord Botang is another redshirt freshman who was 
sort of in contention for a starting spot uh, that Antoine Simmons eventually won. Uh, from the sounds of it, it wasn't much of a competition, uh, and I think we've sort of seen why Antoine Simmons is a really good player, and that's not to say Boateng isn't, but he's a redshirt freshman, um, and I think is someone who is definitely in the long-term plans at that spot, whether he's competing for the Sam spot next year, we'll see who's, you know is shifting around at the linebackers, he's someone as well who could get a look here. And then even Ed Warner, uh, who lost the middle linebacker competition to Noah Harvey, third stringer, redshirt freshman, they might want to get a look at him as well. So there's different options there. I think they go with Harvey first, but I do think we see an uptick in snaps for Chase Klein and Just Lord Boateng. Obviously going to be a huge drop-off. You're losing an All-Big Ten, All-American type player who is a bona fide NFL prospect. It's just going to be a drop-off that's what it is, the front's going to have to be better. Tyreek Thompson's going to have to pick it up. Antoine Simmons, like the the other established starters on this defense are going to have to pick up some of the slack. It's not going to be Noah Harvey replacing Joe Bocci. It's going to be all 11 of the guys on the defense playing a little bit better, trying to make up for what they lost in Bocci. Uh, there's no other really way to, to spin that. That's kind of the, the fact of it. Uh, it sucks. It's a terrible way for his career to end. Uh, you know, you hope something good can come of the the appeal process, but I'm not too optimistic about it, and it's just uh, an all-around bummer, and just it's too bad for Joe. All right, we'll pause here for a minute. When we get back, um, gonna uh, yeah, I'm gonna real quick read some things from my uh, worst case scenarios for the season, and then we'll jump into our interview uh, with Stephen Brooks from 247sports.com. But first, yes, it is that time of today's show. I need to tell you guys about my favorite ads to read, and I'm sure they're your favorite ads to hear me read. We're going to talk about Roman. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy unless you're doing it in advertisement form on a podcast, then it is super easy. Usually we just brush it off and blame ourselves. Guys say stuff like, oh, I lost my mojo. You remember Austin Powers? lost his mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, uh, long day at work, I'm just not feeling it, whatever, making up excuses because you don't want to deal with the problem that is erectile dysfunction, but with Roman, it is easy to talk about it, so you should talk about it with a real doctor who can prescribe you real medicine. It is simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If that includes medication, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com locked and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today and connect with the doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com locked to receive a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash locked for a free visit. One more time, GetRoman.com slash locked. Okay, so real quickly here, I just want to read a couple of things and then we'll jump into the interview uh, with Stephen Brooks. This is from August. I wrote this, August 21st, best and worst case scenarios uh, for the Michigan State season. So here's just a few things. I wrote in worst case scenario, uh, the offense hasn't changed one bit. The only difference between this offense and the offense of previous seasons is the guy calling the plays and Brad Salem proves to be no better than the offensive coordinators that came before him. Michigan State's offenses 
Uh, Michigan State's offense struggles mightily to get things rolling. The offensive line is a constant game of musical chairs, dealing with injuries and ineffectiveness. Nobody seizes control of the backfield. Got that wrong. And MSU spends the season swapping in different running backs, hoping something sticks. Eventually, they try to hand it off to a backup linebacker again. He still fumbles. Well, got a lot of that right. Um, <laughs> the receiver here's an expert. Receivers are solid. Um, and the, but the tight ends just don't take that next step. This leaves the offense with a lack of reliable pass catchers leading the nation in drops. Um, nailed that one. Here's where it really gets weird. On defense, an elite unit is only very good. That's kind of what has uh, happened. Key injuries. I said injuries, but key injuries limit Willikis and Bocce. Uh, as well as a handful of other important players, which should have been a top deep five defense, is instead the 32nd best defense in the country. They just don't have enough to carry the offense over the finish line, resulting in a bevy of close losses. I was even more optimistic. <laughs> I said they'd be close losses. What started in 2017 as an incredibly promising, the Lewerke era comes to a thudding end as Michigan State goes 5-7, and seven, including 3-6 and six in conference play with a home loss to Maryland on senior day. Um, that is in play. <laughs> that is absolutely in play. Um, it is scarier. Like, I was just reading through this, and it's like, oh, my God. Here's another portion. Recruiting doesn't recover. Mark D'Antonio signs his worst class in his time at Michigan State. That is currently happening. People start to wonder if the game has passed them by. That is happening. They wonder if Michigan State can win with Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State are good. Uh, That is happening. For now, the answer appears to be no. Happening. Murmurs of should Mark D'Antonio be on the hot seat begin. Yeah. This is, it was just scary. I was looking through this. I was like, oh my God. (laughs) I just predicted this horrible season for Michigan State football. Um, all right, that's enough reading of that. I just wanted to share some of that with you. That yeah, it, according to my preseason writing, Michigan State is going through something worse than the worst case scenario that uh, I had pegged for them going into the season. All right, for the second day in a row, a rarity amongst these parts, back to back shows with Stephen Brooks from Twenty Four Seven Sports. Stephen, how are you doing today? Thanks so much for making time again. Yeah, no problem, man. Uh, I'm okay. I'm looking at snowflakes out my window right yeah. now. Uh, <laughs> been kind of a busy day, so not the best, honestly. But uh, then I no. got the invitation from you to, to be the returning champion, so I feel a lot more important <laughs> now. The day's turning around. So we're recording this. It's like 8 o'clock Thursday night, and you said it. What a friggin' day. Like Thomas Kithier breaks his nose off the jump, and I'm like, "Oh, great! This is happening again." And then Joe Bocci is suspended for the rest of the season for a positive PED test. Um, yeah, that was just a crazy day. What was your initial reaction um, when you saw the Bocci news? I was walking out of an appointment, and I had the email, um, the the press release, and I was like, "Wait, I had to reread it." <laughs> Like, as soon as I saw the subject heading, I was like, okay, something bad is in this email. And I had to reread it and I like ran to my car so I could type something up to put on the internet. What were you doing? What was your reaction when you saw it? Yeah, so I had I had just woken up from a nap about 30 minutes earlier. So uh, my first thought was, man, thank God I woke up when I did. Because yeah. uh, I could have easily slept through that. Um, and then, you know, my initial thought, I see the email on my phone and it just says like, MSU football update or something like that is the subject line and it's from their SID and I thought um, it's it's a similar headline that we get for like interview schedules and media availability so I was like huh 
I thought he kind of already clarified this. I wonder what's going on. Like, did they change something for next week in terms of the press conference, or are they all of a sudden going to do something, you know, tomorrow? I don't know. I was like, what type of media event just cropped up that, that wasn't here a day ago? And then I open it, obviously, and find out. And uh, at that point, um, I'm pretty sure I audibly said, like, holy uh, crap, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. um, I won't get you the little E or whatever, but it, it immediately brought me back to the Max Bullet email. I yeah. Opening that up on my BlackBerry. I want to say it was Christmas night or maybe it was the 26th. Might have been Christmas Eve. It was it was the 24th, 25th, or 26th of December that year. And I, that was my senior year covering the team uh, for the state news. And uh, I'll never forget that, actually, for your listeners, because I was maybe, uh, dog sitting for my friend and they had just pooped it. The dogs had just pooped inside the house. So I literally just picked up a pile of poop from his basement. And, like, I was about to go back and spray and, like, get the final touches. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that between those two stops, I saw the email, and I had to rush for the computer. Oh, my God. Just because that's what always comes to my head when I think of that suspension, and that's what popped up today. So I forgot to tell you that little story there. Yeah, there was crap on the floor, and crap was hitting the fan. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, added crap everywhere. everywhere. Um, yeah, just a really shocking piece of news today. It reminded me of the bullet situation as well. Um, what, like, it's, it's tough. Like how could have, how could the season have gone any worse? I mean, I know there are actual practical ways. I'm going to go back and look at my best and worst case scenario piece that I wrote at the beginning of the year. And I feel like my best case or worst case scenario is going to be like, I'm going to actually have hit a few of the points that have happened here. Like, can you even imagine like what it's like in that right now and just within that program, especially coming off what just happened last weekend? And then like, not a, a captain, like he's the captain of this team. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's got to be a, you know, just like the air's coming out of the balloon or a gut punch or however you sort of want to phrase it. I, I imagine it was that uh, type of effect. You know, you've already got sort of a, a better team in a lot of ways. You know, I don't really think the confidence was probably in the greatest shape uh, no. coming off these last three games. Um, you know, they've just sort of been sitting around thinking about things for quite a while now. And then this happens, and yeah, everybody respects Joe Bosch. I mean, everybody looks to him as sort of the symbol of Michigan State football in terms of toughness, in terms of leadership, in terms of, you know, a, a great defensive program. Um, he was one of their more vocal guys. You know, like I said, easily one of their most probably the most respected guy on the team. So for a guy like that to go down in this way, I'm sure there's a lot of people just go, you know, I'm sure everyone else's jaws dropped uh, once they found out too. It's a, it's a huge blow from a football standpoint, from a perception standpoint, from a momentum standpoint, like you said, it's just sort of a, you know, another, another log on the on the fire at this point. Yeah. Um, it's a bad deal all around. And it's too bad that a guy this good, who's had such a career that he has is, it's probably uh it's probably over if it's not over it's at least tarnished in a certain way yeah and who knows with the appeals like I'm not an expert on this I talked a little bit about this before I talked with you on the first segment like I you know I think of the Clemson situation last year uh before the 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 semifinal where those guys you know got busted appealed um and I think they said it was something in their workout uh, powder or whatever it was um, and they just took the wrong stuff and, you know, their appeal did not get approved. So I think odds are we're not going to see Chobachi play again, which is tough. You know, like that's someone who on senior day, it's like a moment like, all right, pay your respects to the the career that Chobachi put together at Michigan State, you know? 
Yeah, yeah. And I mean, who else, you know, he he is he's the face of this three year run here, you know, like Connor Cook was the face of that of that last one and I would say Bocce was the face of this one, even more than Brian Malerke. He's probably the only other guy that would even yeah. be in that discussion. I mean, he's been the face of this thing through ups and downs, um, you know, for the last three seasons and he's been a great spokesperson. I think he's one of the better leaders in general that they've ever had. Um, it's just, it's bizarre and, and shocking that, that he's at the center of this. And I mean, hopefully we'll find out as, as time goes on a little bit more about what happened. I mean, could it have been an honest mistake? Absolutely. It could have, uh, could it have been intentional and he thought he could get away with it? Sure. You know, both of those things are on the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe we'll find out more details, like I said, as time passes, but that's, uh, you know, he's a guy that cared so much about this program and about his legacy and everything. I can only imagine what he's feeling tonight and knowing that he's going out this way. I know, you know, it had already been a sort of a thorn in his side that he probably wasn't going to be getting a Big Ten ring or going mm-hmm. to be leading a team to those heights that he was accustomed to and expecting when he first came in uh, and was getting recruited and all that. Um, and so now that he's going out, you know, at least for now, with this sort of being the last the last word on him, um, I'm sure that's probably got to be tearing him up. All right, more from Stephen Brooks here in just a minute, uh, including where does the defense go from here in his opinion. Let's uh, look forward a little bit because we've got to talk about that as well. Now, where does this defense go from here? Um, presumptive Noah Harvey is going to step in here. Um, I like him. I think he's an interesting player. Uh, I think he's someone that, you know, who was going to take over next year. And I think Michigan State fans are really going to kind of like him. Uh, he's different than Bocce, but it, I think can be a really effective player. And it's just kind of like really a Spartan in a lot of ways. What are your feelings on Harvey, um, assuming he's the guy moving forward and just this defense as an entire unit? Yeah, I think uh, I think you're right. I'm pretty sure it will be him. Um, you know, if it if it had been like an exact replica of the Max Bolivia and there was just a bowl game left, I would get you know, or just a one game scenario or, or a mid game thing. I think it would have been Tyreek Thompson because mm-hmm. he knows that position inside and out. He's been around. He's repped there a bunch. Um, they feel comfortable with him there. Yeah, Since but it is Boyer sort of Randall. a long term thing. What's that? It, it was say sorry to interrupt you. And this is where that Brandon Boyer Randall transfer, yeah. like you could slide Thompson over and start Brandon Boyer Randall. Um, but, you know, maybe just Lord Botang is someone who could start as well um, and move Tyreek inside. But I think, yeah, Noah Harvey, given that they still have a handful of games, like this is a great chance for him to get integrated as the middle linebacker and sort of new captain of the defense, if you will. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so I'll be I'll be interested to see who else uh you know what that rotation looks like, whether they stick with those three all the time or you know, just do we see a little more Chase Klein? Do we see some Just Lord Botang in there maybe? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe maybe him and Tyreek sort of split the reps like they did with Darian Harris and Kyler Ellsworth back then and uh and then that other spot, you know, Tyreek's usual spot is where we see some rotating uh, as well and whatnot. Uh but yeah, I'm interested to see what Harvey can bring. Um I really haven't notice too much of him this year to be honest like he's one of those guys every time I look up and it's like oh 45 in the game huh when that happened you know like yeah. he hasn't stuck out to me a ton um and I'm just so used to seeing 35 out there yeah it was always kind of jarring I guess but uh I'm interested to see what he's got for sure you know he's got massive shoes to fill um but I don't think he's a, a major concern you know he's, he's had reps he's had experience in the system 
and you trust that uh, the guys that they, you know, groom him at a linebacker can get the job done. Can he be a top-end playmaker that the type that Joe Bocci was? Probably not, but um, he should at least be solid. Yeah, and this is a really good chance for him to kind of work into that. Like, it's really almost like an extended tryout for him a little bit. Um, he did sort of have a competition this offseason, right, with Ed Warner over that backup middle linebacker spot that he kind of won that out, right? Yeah, yeah, that's basically what happened over over uh, training camp. And uh, Luke Fulton was in there for a little bit. He didn't really make much headway. And then it was pretty much uh, Warner and Harvey, and Harvey ended up being the guy, uh, you know, who surged ahead there a little bit. Yeah, and I think I, like if there's one position, there's a few positions you could really trust MSU's track record to develop. Uh, if there's one spot you can really trust it, they've done a really good job <laughs> developing that inside linebacker spot, uh, sort of captain of the defense type. Um, so, you know, hopefully Harvey's the next guy in line there. He's certainly going to get a run. Uh, nice trout here. And I, I think he's going to be a good player. I liked, you know, the snippets we've seen from him, especially in the spring game. Um, he played in the spring game, right? I'm I'm thinking of the correct guy. Uh, yes, I believe yeah. so. Because yeah. it was Warner that was out there. War- right. Yeah, Warner yeah. was, yeah, that's right. I got, it's just, it was so long ago. Sometimes you forget these things and I'm like, wait a second. I'm saying the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> For me, yeah, I thought. Noah's. It was Noah Davis and Noah Harvey. You know, Noah I, like, I had to take an extra two <laughs> seconds to be like, wait, am I about to say the right one? Yeah. And then Noah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So yeah, Noah Harvey, um, I thought did well in the spring game. And maybe I can go back and like try to rewatch that and just see and maybe do a film thing. I, I'm not sure if there'd be much value to that, but he's certainly going to get a shot uh, here. Um, yeah, crazy day. Uh, Steven, you had uh, uh, 24-7 Sports has a thing going on right now that you want to tell the people about. So why don't you go ahead and do that? A pretty cool offer you guys got going. Sure, sure. Yeah, thanks for giving me a second. Um, so our VIP membership, uh, who most people probably know, you know, that's, that covers all of our recruiting stuff, our premium message boards, um, ad-free uh, or reduced ads on our website, all that stuff. All my recruiting stuff goes behind the VIP paywall. Almost all of it across the network does. And now uh, 24-7 is offering free um, CBS All Access to any VIP members. So the CBS standalone streaming service, if you're a cord cutter, um, you can get CBS now. You can watch live local stuff. Michigan State plays a ton of basketball games on there. You'll get the whole NCAA tournament. You'll get the full uh, CBS Sports On Demand library. I think there's 10,000 episodes of TV on there. Um, and it's the premium commercial-free version of, of All Access, too. So if you got you know, a show on CBS you like and you cut the cable and you can't get access to it anymore, that's there for you. Like I said, NFL games, uh, college basketball, all that stuff is now included with any VIP membership uh, free cost to you. Um, so just want to put that out there if anybody's interested or if you're already a VIP member and you're listening, make sure you go to the website and activate that and take advantage of that perk. And if you're not, you know, that's just more value to the subscription that we're offering now. So appreciate and you if, giving me some time to say that. It's a new deal for us. So yeah, for sure. A word out there to folks. And if you're someone out there who really likes uh, Michigan State recruiting, wants to hear about visits, um, you know, likes to see, uh, you know, like interviews with prospects after they're on campus and what they're thinking and stuff like that. Like you got like 24 seven sports, like you and Sean uh, do a really great job there uh, getting in touch with those kids and are top notch at that. So if you want to have that in-depth recruiting coverage, uh, it's always behind the paywall for good reason. Um, it's pretty exclusive stuff. So definitely check that out. And yeah, you get CBS. One more thing real quick before I let you go, just some quick thoughts on Noah Kim, Michigan State. Uh, lands its quarterback for the 2020 class. Uh, 
Virginia Tech commit, decommits, and now is uh, Michigan State. Not a highly ranked recruit. He's a little bit of a diamond in the rough type guy. What do you think? Yeah, project guy, I'd say, uh, for sure. Um, important just to get somebody, though. And I don't mean that to disparage Noah at all. I think he could be a good player. I, I'm not saying that in any means. I'm just saying it was important to get anybody almost in this class because <laughs> you're looking at a competition next year between three guys who've all used their red shirt. Um, it's tough to imagine all three of them sticking around, you know, for 2020 yeah. when there's only going to be one. So it's important to get that next guy in for numbers. And you look at him on film, I think you see sort of the bones or the framework of the quarterback that Michigan State's going to be going after moving forward. Uh, can really move. Um, not a true dual threat guy in, in the sense that he's going to break off a 50-yarder, you know, but he can get out and sort of like a Brian Lewerke with, with even better speed, I'd say. He can get out of bad situations and, get, and turn a negative into a positive. Um, you know, more than adequate mobility. He got some good speed. Uh, and his arm, um, his arm uh, up and down, I, I'd say, on the deep balls, but uh, short and intermediate, he's pretty good. He's got some poise to him. His, his mechanics look solid, but uh, – what really stands out is that is that mobility and that escapability, and uh, I think that'll be an asset for him in this new offense. Yeah, and just looking through the few plays that I did, it, it's it seems like he's a little bit under recruited. I don't know if he goes to a small school or what the situation is out in Virginia. I'm not totally plugged in there to know <laughs> like just what it means for him to have success there. But you know, just from what I've seen, he seems like a pretty talented kid. Um, I was surprised to see him that low uh, on the ranking. So maybe uh, he'll be someone who's kind of a late riser now that he's you know, get, has a Michigan State scholarship that he's committed to, um, you know, that stuff certainly impacts ratings and makes people take second looks at prospects. So we'll see. Either way, like you said, good to get somebody in there for sure and someone uh, who's a, a developmental long-term project that hopefully works out for everyone. All right, Stephen Brooks, 247sports.com. You can always find his work there. Thanks so much for making time for us. Back-to-back days. I love it. we got to make more of a habit of it, but I appreciate the time as always. Sure, man. Talk to you tomorrow. I'll just assume so. (laughs) I don't have a show, but we can just talk. I'll call you. All right. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good. (laughs) See ya. See ya. Thanks so much to Steven for joining the show, especially on short notice uh, and two days in a row. I always appreciate chatting with him. Thanks so much to you guys for listening to this week's episodes of Locked on Spartans. We'll be back Monday and we are going to see if anything's new on the news front with any of the teams, but we're definitely going to start talking about Michigan State, Kentucky. I'm trying to set up some interviews right now with uh, some Kentucky people who know the basketball team as a little helpful preview there, but uh, yeah, we'll start talking about it. I'll fill you in on who uh, is you know good on Kentucky. They always bring in some new faces, some highly touted recruits, and we'll just kind of go from there and start previewing that game and get ready for Tuesday's big matchup. I think Sheehan's going to come in as well early in the week and we're going to get all excited for the Champions Classic. So we'll do that next week. Thanks so much for listening to shows all this week. Reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. We will catch you next week.